Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Hey there and hello! I'm your Ted Allen hostess with the mostest, Michael Munoz, and welcome to In Yo Mouth! In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood to lick it right, lick it good, show you how to. Oh, God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Yo Mouth. Hey there and welcome back, folks. Once again, I'm your hostess with the mostess, Munoz. And boy, do we have an exciting pod for you today. Yes, Sarah. <laughs> uh, today, I am so excited to welcome Chef Renee Blackman to the podcast. If you don't know, Chef Renee Blackman is making money moves in the culinary world and also is a beautiful queer POC chef, folks. And you know how I love to celebrate and lift up those of us in the culinary world. Yes, because it is few and far between. And folks, we are taking over, if you didn't know. <laughs> no, I'm really, really excited to have Chef Renee on the pod today because I have been after her for weeks and finally it has happened to me. Yes. But a little background before we call her up. Chef Renee Blackman hails from Barbados and has always had a passion for food and culture. Duh. Like a lot of us who get inspiration from her families, um, she growing up has always been inspired by her mother Colleen and her grandmother Hazel's cooking. And at the very young age of 16, she attended an early culinary program where she excelled very, very quickly. Driven by that passion and success, she joined the ranks of many working in the energetic and fast-paced world of restaurants, such as Tommy Bahama and the Union Square Hospitality Group. She also joined the Delta Sky Club as sous chef and worked with some of the most talented chefs in the world. She also works for um, Creative Edge Parties, Pinch Food Designs, and Cloud Catering, just to name a few. And if you don't know, those are some of New York's most prestigious catering companies. Yes, you heard it here. And if I do say so myself. <laughs> the thing that I am most excited about is that Chef Renee Blackman was on Chopped. And you know how I loved a Chopped contestant and a Chopped 
challenge. So without further ado, let's get her on the line. Hello? Hello. Hey, you. What's going on? Hi. Thank you so much for being on the pod. I'm happy to be here. I am. I think I'm more excited to have you here. Welcome. Welcome to my big gay food podcast. The only one on the airwaves, if you didn't know. Oh, thank you for informing me and informing the audience, of course. Uh, well, yes, yes. Well, I, they, are, they are tired of me touting it, I think. I think. But before, I've already let um, my listeners kind of have an inside taste of your background. But before we get anywhere, we must start, or I must start, by wishing you happy National Pistachio Day. Ooh, let me get some pistachio ice cream, maybe a yes. nice cheesecake. Yes, I, I don't know if I've ever had pistachio cheesecake. Oh my gosh, it is so delightful. You need that with like a really nice kind of like graham cracker, graham cracker crust or something like that. It's just, it's beautiful. It's light. If you've ever been to Catch, it's amazing. Catch? Catch? Yeah. Catch in New York City? Catch in NYC. Um, you know, just head over down to the, uh, what is that, Chelsea District. The, you know, I, I'm assuming it's a fish restaurant by the name. Primarily, yes, but they do have a new steakhouse, by the way. Okay. So, but either way, that pistachio cheesecake is on the brunch menu. You have to check it out. It's by far one of my favorites. Highly recommend. All right. I'm going to have to take a bottle of lactose digestive enzymes. Ooh, okay. You know, abort mission. Let's just not do that. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what? But I'll say, uh, um, there's that ice cream shop here, Van Leeuwen, Van Leeuwen. I don't know how you... That make uh that makes an incredible vegan ice cream. Not that I'm vegan, but like, cause vegan. I don't do that lactose. I just had um rum and raisin vegan ice cream while I was in uh, Miami for the Food and Wine Festival. It was by far one of the best things I think I ever had. My oh my god, it's so good, and the fat content is I'm assuming is just as high as right normal mean, ice cream. It, it's up there. I don't know. There's there's something that they put in it. It's just some some kind of magical. <laughs> some love, some love. And I don't know if you knew, but on this day in gay history in 1990, refusing to consider the cases of Ben Shalom versus Stone and Woodward versus U.S., the U.S. Supreme Court effectively upholds the right of the American military to discharge gays and lesbians of the armed forces. This was not a good day for us in LGBTQ history, folks. This is not. I, I'm going to definitely agree with you, but thank God times have changed for the better in that regard. Indeed, indeed. And you know what? To be honest, I never got this. I like if you wanted to fight for your country, was this just simply based in fear or or I, I just don't get the sentiment behind being like, oh, well, you're gay or lesbian, so you can't, you can't fight with us. Like, what? You, you need the people if you're going into the war, right? This is very true. You do need the people. However, if you really think about it, you know, it goes back to like times of segregation and things like that. You know, if they even believe that they're breathing the same air, it's the most horrifying thing. You know, anything against societal-based level of okay is just not okay you know and we've come a long way yeah well i mean we still have a long way to go but and, and th but thank heavens um that 
we are at least where we're at right now. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely agree. Um, you know, going back to like the Pride, the Stonewall celebration last year in 2019, you know, I have to tell you, when you really look back at, at all everything that's documented, all those documentaries, all those, all that imagery, everything, it's just, wow. We have come so far in a way of acknowledgement. We've come so far in a way of just being able to make a mark, be recognized for the smallest and slightest thing. And, you know, you don't realize how many things we take for granted or that were taken, you know, for granted previously. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, I think back to when I was a gaby um, and going to all the marriage protests down at City Hall and getting kind of getting locked out of City Hall one day or wrapped up in the barricades that the police wrapped us up in. I haven't even fought, I mean, the little fighting that I've done, but thinking about our forefathers and so on and the, the real fighting that they had to do out in the streets and and like fighting the police and getting arrested constantly. Listen, we take that for granted, the ability to be out here and just walk so freely and so comfortably. You know, could you imagine all of those people back then, if you think 1960s, the sense of comfort walking down the street, holding your partner's hand, you know, embracing your culture, you know, embracing, you know, where you are now. Everything was done in secrecy. I don't think I could live back then and feel comfortable. Totally uh, not for me. Yeah, no, neither. I don't think they did feel comfortable. I mean, uh, just going to Julius. Have you ever been to Julius? No, I have not. So for those of you out there that don't know, but we've covered this on the pod many, many episodes ago. Julius is top three oldest bars, oldest gay bars in America. And um, P.S., they serve one of the best burgers in this city. So you need to get yourself there. Okay. P.S. Dot com. Will do. <laughs> but there's a lot of the older gentlemen that sit there that that were there during the sip in that were there during Stonewall, and they will tell you the the journey and the struggle and how um, when Stonewall was happening, they were at uh, this one guy was telling me the story about how he and his friends were at a bar, a gay bar uptown, and they got a phone call to come downtown because shit was going down. Right. And so they came. They came down to join and he stood across the avenue because he couldn't be seen or he'd be fired from work if someone like saw him wow. in the media. Sheesh. That's insane. But you know what? We have come a long way. We still have a long way to go. And I really want to dive into um, you and what you're about and the beauty that is because I've been doing my research. I love what I see. I love what I hear. This photo shoot that you've been giving me on Instagram has been giving me my entire life, honey. <laughs> Thank you so much. I owe that all to my photographer, Brian Jamie. He is amazing. Um, you know, he's really made me feel very comfortable with the camera. So we got to just give him major, major kudos, major props. Love yeah, him. shout out to you, Brian. I I also have to tell the listeners that when Chef Renee came on the screen, the lighting and the glow, I was like, I did not come hair, hair and makeup already for this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Listen, this is natural beauty, darling. It's natural beauty. Yes, 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 yes. But let's start at the very beginning. You're from Barbados, yes? But I read that you went to Erasmus in Brooklyn. 
Uh, let's start there. And when did you move from Barbados to New York? Because it, it seems like you're a native New Yorker. I mean, I would definitely say I'm a native New Yorker. Uh, growing up in Barbados, my family always used to call me a Bajan Yankee. And basically, basically that's like an Americanized West Indian. Um, so, you know, that is I. I came here at the age of eight. We lived in Texas, came to New York. Um, ever since then, you know, I just called New York home. I did go to Erasmus, you know, in Flatbush. But guess what? Some of the greatest people have come from that neighborhood. Clive Davis, you know, he's a huge, huge, huge alumni, you know, mm -hmm. of uh, Erasmus. So, hey. Wait, we are, we are missing major gay icon from Erasmus Hall in Brooklyn. Wait, who am I missing? Who? Who? Barbara Streisand. Oh, you know what? You're right. That's that went over my head. You know what? You are absolutely right. You are absolutely correct. So my mother went to Erasmus Hall uh, okay. back in the day. And this is how I know that Barbara Streisand. Uh, hello, gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, when you when you think about where people come from and where they can potentially end up, it, it's it's exponential. It can be anything. You can be anyone you desire to be. It's just hard work and effort. Uh, of course, yeah. I mean, uh, it's all about the rise and grind and mm -hmm. and like staying consistent, I, I think. And I'm curious to know, so uh, I think I was reading this or I read this correctly, that Erasmus had a culinary program that you were in or where did you find this culinary program that you started at such a young age? So they have a culinary program uh, within the school. You know, obviously you get credits for it and everything. But, um, you know, when you go into the program, they say, hey, are you good at pastry? Or, hey, will you be interested in being in the restaurant industry? So on and so forth. And I said, I'm open to whatever because this is a credit that I have to do. So whatever. So initially I wasn't too passionate about it. And then once I kind of got into the first class and the second class, it's like, wow, okay, I really, really, really am enjoying this. And um, you learned how to make a lot of fresh pastries by hand, everything from scratch. So I appreciate and still keep that to this day. Everything must be from scratch. But I got a chance to run our high school restaurant that is held for the faculty. Wait, Without there was a high school restaurant? Well, I mean, it's only for the faculty, but yeah, you know, you <laughs> get to cook them, you know, filet mignon, you know, we learned all these different sauces and, you know, becoming a saucier there. And, you know, it was this just- This is like home ec on steroids. For great, steroids. <laughs> great steroids. I loved it. You know, it was a great taste for me. Um, and, you know, I, I, you know, my mom kind of shut it down. Like, oh, you know, cooking is not going to do anything for you, blah, blah, blah. You know, typical West Indian thing, you know, get into the health field. And, you know, I did just that, you know, listen to mommy dearest but after that i'm not listening to you mom you don't know shit you know <laughs> like come on this is my passion come on but um you know i stayed at the hospital for like five years and you know one day i just kind of picked up and quit and got a prep job working in the kitchen and you know the rest is history wait what kind of like medical stuff did you do did you go into nursing um so pre-med I wanted to be a doctor. So I okay. thought, you know, let's start somewhere. Let's, okay, we're in school already. Let's, let's go from there. And, you know, I started to see blood and people's toes that were green. And I was like, oh, and I can't do this. This is so hard for me right now. So then I was like, okay, I'll just do this desk job. Hey, it's Renee. How can I help you? Sure, please hold on a moment. You know? <laughs> so, you know, I, I had a really good phone voice, um, which, which, which was fun. 
But, you know, I stayed there. I overstayed my welcome. That's how I see it. And I just kind of quit one day and, you know, just enjoyed working those 12, 13, 14 hours on my feet. And it's like, damn, I don't know. I thought this was going to be a prettier job than this. Well, listen, a lot of people have made a lot of money with a good phone voice, honey. Okay. <laughs> It's girl six nine. Let me stop. <laughs> listen, no, listen. Wasn't it uh, Gabare Sinebe? Uh, did I say her name right? Um, who used to be a phone sex operator? Hey, listen. You got to make money, however. She's right? uh, yeah. I think she had a book come out not that long ago, and on her press tour, that was one of the, like the first stories that she was telling on all the couches. And it's a juicy story to tell. It I, really is I bet you know. Give I mean, me give me your. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't mind sitting on sitting in this office being like, hey, how are you doing? What are you wearing? What are you wearing? I'm I'm eating maraschino cherries. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh it's getting hot up in this podcast. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Oh my god. So from from the teacher's kitchen, did you go and then to pre-med? Um, did you end up just getting the rest of your education through kitchens or did you go to like a culinary institute? So I ended up getting my education literally just going to regular city college. Um, you know, I didn't go to any more culinary programs. I didn't facilitate any of that whatsoever. Everything has been hands-on from, you know, from that point onward of leaving, you know, the hospital. Um, that's a, that's really, really incredible. And it seems like you've worked in some really incredible places. We've actually worked at some of the same places mm. and maybe even together and not even realized it. What places do we have in mind? What, what, what do we got on the um, table? I, I worked for Creative Edge parties for a very long time. Really? I did. Okay. Were you there when Wellington was there? Wellington sounds very familiar. Did you know uh, about... Uh, <laughs> We're going to start naming all these names on the podcast and people are going to be like, um, we don't know anybody. Right. It's a great place for me to get a good start, a good feel for, you know, doing large scale events. You know, I, I took a couple of pages out of their book as far as, you know, how things should be done the right way. So, you know, it was, it was a good opportunity. Yeah. And I mean, we'll have to compare notes once we're off the microphone for okay. sure. <laughs> Because I'm sure you have stories and I have stories, but they are a major player in this city yeah. um, as far as catering goes. And they they do major, major parties at like the MoMA, at like mm -hmm. these ma these huge places, mm -hmm. you know? They work with LVMH and Michael Kors and, you know, you Everybody. Yeah. yeah. You name it, they, they work for it. And I love the drama between husband and wife that, like, they split up and he has his own catering company. Uh -huh. She has her own catering company. Uh -huh. Honey, it's a whole telenovela. <laughs> like, did that really happen? Hmm. But you know, it's, it's a success story, needless to say, because even parting ways, both are still very highly successful. Uh, very much so. But you can't, you either have to work for one or the other because if they catch wind, they don't like it. <laughs> no, they don't, they don't. You're going to choose, Renee. Do you want to make money here or you want to go over there? there. Uh, you, you have to. Oh my God. Ridiculous. So, I mean, getting back to the coming up through the, uh, through the food world, I love to highlight um, 
LGBTQ people on the pod in food specifically because a we're f- few and far between. I think you know we're a little hard to find out there, especially especially queer POC people like in the culinary world. And I also love to highlight queer POC people doing great things other than being celebrities. You know because I think. Um, we need to show ourselves in the many facets and the many beautiful facets um, that we are and that we do, you know, life is, life is much bigger than just being a Kim Kardashian, I always say, you know? And so um, what is your experience, not only being a woman in the kitchen, but like a, a queer woman in the kitchen? Can you speak to that a little? Well, being a woman in the kitchen, it's, you know, few and far between is probably the choice word that I'd like to use for that because, you know, the ratio of men, let's say there's two women to about, you know, 10 to 12 guys always in the kitchen. Um, and, and um, you know, when it comes to a level of respect, you know, men say certain things, the machismo is there, you know, I've had certain guys, you know, whether we're cool or not say, oh, you know, you like that too, right? You know, as they're looking at like a waitress or something like that. Uh, and it's just like, once you shut your mouth, you dick, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just yep. a thought. And sometimes you have to verbalize it. And, you know, you can't help but understand people are who they are in the kitchen the kitchen is one of those places where everyone has a dirty filthy disgusting mouth unnecessarily everything is food related to sex um why is that well because i've been in hospitality now 21 years in and out of 21 years and that has been every last experience in the kitchen the minute you walk into the kitchen it's food and sex right or maybe even sex and food it's, it's well, food is love. That's the first <laughs> word we talk about. Food is love. Food is emotional. So people will put that with sex. I mean, because when you think of like a regular lover, you know, you love them. You're emotional about them. You know, you want to be sexual with them. So, you know, that word has to be, you know, it all goes hand in hand. But you ever saw someone whisk something, you know, they're using their hand and it just looks very wrong, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, that's an implication, you know, sometimes certain sounds that things may make, you know, guys, you know, may slap a piece of meat and then it sounds like someone's getting an ass slapped or something like that. You know, that's just the nature of the beast in the kitchen, you know, and I fit that mold really good. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, you know, let's dirty talk. Yeah. You know, and who doesn't love a little dirty talk, but like, you know, um, with this, me uh, with the me too movement happening and now uh mr man just being indicted um hello and right. good not and good night to you mr horrible person um who shall not be named right but um how how do we get this culture to to change especially to change for people like us because the th- the amount of things i just as yes i'm male but as a very gay male in the kitchen, the amount of things that have been said to me inappropriately that either I welcomed or maybe even didn't welcome, you know, um, about my weight, about my proclivities, <laughs> about anything, you know, um, there's a line, I think, you know, that is often crossed or can be crossed in the kitchen. And how does that culture change because of the hypermasculinity that these kitchens brood? I think when you um, when you have a kitchen, you have to build a sense of camaraderie. You have to set a standard. You know, I always tell people, the you know the ship is only as good as its captain. So you have to have someone who's running the ship that is respectful, 
who is a, you know, who has their ear to the ground, who is saying, okay, hey, look, listen, I get it, you guys want to have fun, but this is not okay, especially when we start the shift, blah, blah, blah. Because when you begin to set that tone, other people begin to respect it. And, and if you're being assertive while being that boss, you know, then there's ramifications, you know, repercussions that people have to face where they understand, listen, this is not okay, this is not acceptable. You have to begin to set the tone for a new culture. If you don't set that tone, everyone's going to walk around grabbing an ass cheek, you know, pulling a, you know, a, who shall not be named kind of, you know, yeah. mythology. And, and it's just, it's not okay, man or woman, because I've seen it go both ways. And it's, it's just, come on guys, you know, you're, we're all one step away from like a lawsuit, you know, come on. Every, yeah, especially today, yeah. you know? Everyone takes things personal. You know, something could be easily misconstrued. You could say something to someone on a day where something just went horribly wrong for them and everything gets blown out of proportion, whether it's appropriate or inappropriate. You know, the art of sensitivity, you know, and that goes outside of being, you know, LGBTQ, the art of sensitivity is where we're all seemingly lacking that we need to do better. Yes, and the art, I think the art of reading people as well. Truly. Like, reading, like, getting a sense of people and reading, like, oh, like, I don't know this person, so I'm, I'm only going to go as far as is respectable with this person, you know? Know your boundaries. Yes, of course, of course. Did you have, um... Did you have an easy time coming up through the kitchen or was it a little tumultuous? Well, you know, I got to tell you, I had, you know, some moments where I cried in the, in the storeroom. Um, you know, these chefs, they're very macho. They are. And, you know, it takes a strong person to deal with them. I've seen grown men cry. So, you know, it's just like, okay, Renee, you are not exempt. How do you get through this? How do you climb through this? And I think something that a lot of the executive chefs that I worked with, they, they saw was, Renee, so you're good at what you do, but you don't need to be taking directives from anyone. You need to be leading your own kitchen. And I received that probably about a good three or four times before I actually took heed to it. Like, oh, wow, really? You know, I know better than you guys, so get out of here. Um, and now I run my own kitchen the way that I want to run it, the way I would like to see it, the way I want to experience things. And, and I do crack the whip when I need to, you know, mm -hmm. for you know, anyone who kind of steps a little bit out of line. Yeah, I love that. That's a, that's a beautiful story. And I mean, in, in celebration of our people in food, I mean, this is a great story to hear, you know, beautiful people doing amazing things and getting it done right and well. And, and it shows, it shows in your work, it shows in your aesthetic, it shows, you know, it comes, it comes through, it came through, it came through the screen on that food network that you'll get to. <laughs> Listen, the glow, darling, the glow. The glow, honey. Um, but I wanted I want to take it down a little further of a road here. And I always say, especially when I have um sisters and brothers of the LGBTQ nature on the pod, that we never know who's listening and right. our stories, and we never know who our story is going to affect and lift up and who needs to hear our story at this moment in time. And I was wondering if you would be so kind in sharing your coming out story. You know, can I be very honest and frank with you? I don't think I have a coming out story to share. And the reason why I say that, again, coming from the West Indian, you mm -hmm. know, background, you know, these are not things that we speak about. Um, but I will say this at the age of 16, you know, while in Barbados, you know, visiting family, you know, I ran up a phone bill for about $2,000, you know, and my father asked me, 
who are you talking to? And my words were, I was talking to my best friend, you know, and obviously that's not my best friend. That is my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, time sort of came to pass where my father picked up on certain things. And then we started to have a conversation about who this best friend is and, you know, the explanation of pictures and things like that. Gradual acknowledgement. I can't say gradual conversation, but gradual acknowledgement. And as time progressed, you know, my mom was a little open to, you know, what she was noticing as well. So for me, it's just, that's my coming out. I didn't really come out. It's just, they accepted me as time progressed. Um, And you know what, at least, at least there was luck enough for that acceptance because not all of us are are that lucky in this world, you know? And each of our stories are unique, are unique in its own and obviously valid in its own way because we each had to come out in in different ways um, and the right way for us, you know, and and to navigate that with our families, you know? So, Absolutely. So um, A, thank you for oh. for letting us into into that and oh hello <laughs> mr blue in the background uh oh mr we have a we have a dog pod uh, a pod dog oh, with yeah. us that thing yeah he, he's, he's a good talker you know what i mean he's a good talker he's got the glow as well you know always ready to be part of the conversation what kind of dog is it so he is a dachshund beagle mix oh he's a cute little papa his name is blue like blue cheese I love him to pieces. We were matching clothes, you know, you know, I'm that type of person. Oh yeah. All the things, all the things. Did you really name your dog after blue cheese? Seriously. So myself and my girlfriend at the time, you know, um, we went to, to, to this rescue, rough house rescue. And, you know, he literally walked up to me, sat on my foot. And it just so happened that that day I was wearing blue flip flops. We were both wearing blue clothing that had blue in it. And I said, you know what we should name him? We should name him Blue because we were both wearing blue that day and the skies were blue, whatever. And I said, but we can't name him Blue like Blue. That's whack. Let's name him Blue like Blue Cheese. Yeah, I like it. You know, hopefully, hopefully he's not stinky. No, he <laughs> coconut and shea butter. And he gets a bath regularly. Super yes. Yeah. <laughs> More spa days than I can count, you know? Oh my God, I think that's incredible. And I think also, right, in honor of Mr. Blue, Mr. Blue Cheese himself, I think now would be a great time to take Chef Renee into my favorite part and your favorite part of the pod, folks. A little bit of, are you ready, Chef? I'm ready. Food news update. All right, all right, all right, all right. Food news, Ooh, honey. You ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. News update. Slices of mayonnaise are coming soon, and they have us scratching our heads. Hmm. Now, wait. Slices of mayo, like slices of cheese, like is this? Yep, yep, yep. This article is from one of my favorite websites, Delish.com. Um, a while ago, Heinz was coming out with slices of ketchup, right? Uh, and the whole concept was that you don't have to spread it; it's like an even spread of ketchup throughout your sandwich or burger or whatever else you're putting. You would put a slice of ketchup on. Well, now we're getting. Um, slices of mayonnaise. Uh, the invention was announced last week by a Japanese company called Bourbon Co. 
and it was reported on by Food and Wine. Uh, these mayo slices are similar to the slices of ketchup that went viral. Um, and these mayo slivers look eerily similar to individually wrapped cheese slices, but apparently they taste like mayo. Huh. Uh, you know, I want, I feel like I want to take a hard no to this. And the reason why is when you think about the mayo, right? Everyone loves biting into this creamy, you know, saucy thing. I don't think I want to jump into something that's dehydrated and, oh, it tastes like mayo, but mayo should be disgustingly messy. And just, it, that's part of the culture of eating a amazing sandwich. What are we doing, guys? Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like wiping the greasy mayo off the right. face. Are you a mayo person? I know people are, that are really like disgusted by mayo. I think everyone I've ever dated is disgusted by mayo. Maybe the association is, you know, the male counterpart. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I'm like, mayo is amazing. What is wrong with you guys? I mean, have you ever made a grilled cheese with mayo? I don't want delicious. Wanna, exactly. I don't want to put a slice of mayo on my bread and hope that it has the same effect. No, I, no. let me get some juicy mayo. Well, wait, there's more to this story. Okay. <laughs> let me hear it. Just so you know, folks, they also come in a few different flavors like tuna and mayo and mayo and mentaiko, which uh, Sorba News 24 describes as spicy codro. So it's spicy codro and mayo or tuna and mayo flavors. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to take a, you know, I'm going to just exit off this podcast right now. <laughs> no, I don't think I want any parts of this. This is, this is a first, folks, on In Your Mouth that someone has, has just up and walked out of Food News Update. <laughs> Now, wait a minute. How are you supposed to, speaking of tuna, how are you supposed to mix this uh, slice of mayo into your tuna? Who, who, why, why are we, I feel like we're just getting lazier and lazier when it comes to food, you know? Come on. Yes. Um, this company also makes sliced chocolate, like chocolate slices and sliced okay. apple butter. Okay, that might be something I could get into because apple butter could be a little bit weird. You might not have a spoon for it, whatever. You know, chocolate, okay, cool. Because it's, it's, I mean, what's the difference in having a candy bar? But the whole mayo, the whole ketchup, you know, next thing you know, we got slices of mustard. I'm, I'm okay with this. Yeah, yeah. It, it sounds like Chef Renee and I are both not here for this uh, bourbon co. <laughs> you can keep your slices of mayo in Japan where, where they're being sold for $1.80 a pop. Trader Joe's is now selling pink lemons that are perfect for making pink lemonade. Mmm, that's okay. I well, like that. I didn't realize that pink lemons were actually a thing. They are majorly a thing. They're overly expensive. Though. They're much more expensive than a regular lemon. Um, I would imagine so. All I could think about is that old Perfect Strangers episode where Balky uh, first discovers uh, pink lemonade. Did you ever watch Perfect Strangers? I love Perfect Strangers. Do I remember the episode? No, but I no. love Balky. Love him. Yeah, so Balky discovers pink lemonade and he goes, pink lemons only in America. <laughs> I might have to go back YouTube that, you know, just like, okay. Yeah, um, I, I'm, a, I'm a font of like useless sitcom. <laughs> Golden Girls is my favorite, okay? Hello? Golden Girls is my favorite. Okay, who, who is your favorite cast member? Um, it's a toss up. Sometimes, you know, I'm definitely on Dorothy's side most of the time because they, they really trash her. I love Sophia. She's a trash talker. Yes. Okay? That's, that's, yes. Ma. 
I love yes. But I just love, I love the quick comebacks that Dorothy gives you and it's all very dry. Yeah. It's all the, that, dr that dry, hard, like, you know, shady delivery is, is what I'm here for. All right. All right. Okay, Dorothy. That's uh, your new name. Uh, <laughs> I accept. What's your favorite episode? Okay. So there's an episode where Dorothy is supposed to be going out. I don't remember the name of the guy, but she kept slamming the door in his face. And every time someone kept coming in the door, he kept standing outside. When are we going on our date? Now, you see how I have to Google and YouTube that episode? You're going to have to, you're going to have to find no, it. No, because I know, I know them all by heart. No, now, that is totally an episode. You're, you're going, who is it? Stan? Stan, I think she was supposed yeah, but, to. Yeah, uh, Stan always. Yeah, she always uh, slams the door in Stan's face. That's a given. The minute Stan's there, he always introduces himself and she slams the door in his face. Do you remember anything else about the episode? Uh, could you have stumped me, me, the, the Golden Girls aficionado that I am? I don't know. Have I? Dun, dun, dun. I don't know. I watch it every night before bed. Every night? Are you kidding me? Every night before bed. I am down to, I can almost name like episode title and number. All right, I can't take it that far, but so you've got this. The challenge has been accepted and denied on my behalf, okay? But back to these pink lemons. Talk to me about pink lemons. Where do pink lemons even come from? You know, they come from this place called heaven, I feel. Um, you know, they're amazingly, like, they're just pretty. They're pretty to look at. They have little yellow and green stripes on the outside. They're just alluring and interesting. I don't think it has a particular taste. You know, it's just... It's just pretty to look at. I love pretty food. Yeah, of course. Um, so apparently they're $1.69 per bag of three. Um, according That's to, cheap. Yeah, that, that is cheap. I mean, what more is there to say? Uh, pink lemons are also sweeter and less tart than yellow lemons. And uh, yeah, we can garnish drinks with them. You could do whatever the hell you want with them. You know? <laughs> but um, I just, I didn't know till today. How old were you? when you found out pink lemons were actually a thing? I was today years old. Oh, you. Yeah. Uh, for me, that was probably about four years ago that I realized pink lemons were a thing. Ha have you ever like cooked with pink lemons? Never cooked with it, just really made good lemonade with it. Oh, all right. All right. I'm like, well, I'm a lemonade aficionado. Okay, oh. I've got the recipe, guys, okay? I've got the recipe. Okay, we may have to post one then. <laughs> Add a little bit of bourbon, make it sexy. You know, make yes, it I, I live for like a, a gin and lemonade or a vodka lemonade, mm -hmm. you know? Add a, a little bit of cucumber, a little mint. Yeah, a strawberry like mint lemonade, you know? Okay. I, feel like for, I feel like Forrest Gump and the shrimp now. <laughs> well... Yep, we're here for the pink lemons and the pink lemonade, Trader Joe's. Agreed. Supreme's three-pack of bright red Oreos is going for $23,000 on eBay. Uh, <laughs> Do you know about this? So I know about this. I think it's cute. It's a red, bright, vibrant red Oreo. You know, it looks good. But am I going to pay that for it? No. You know what happens to Oreos? They get destroyed by my mouth. You know, they go into a milkshake or something like that. I don't think I need to make that, that investment. Well, uh, so folks, for you that don't know out there, Supreme is this like boutique shop. They sell like skater wear. Um, <laughs> there's only one, I think, in the city, maybe two, one in Brooklyn, one in Manhattan. And there's oh. always a line of just tourists 
like down and around the block to get in. And the store is barren. There's like about four shirts and about eight skateboards with no wheels. Yeah, <laughs> sounds pretty accurate. In the store. And I, I picked this because you're pretty stylish. You were pretty stylish yourself, as I've noticed, right? Yeah. And, and you know what? I mean, if someone gave me something from Supreme, I guess I'd wear it. But like, you know, a bag, a three pack of cookies. I mean, when you think about the logo, because the logo is on the cookies as well. Yes. You know, um, people go crazy for the logo, whether the logo is on a pair of iPods, you know, whether it's on a, your, you know, your sneakers, your T-shirt, a basic white tee, basically. You know, people love the company for some reason. And it's not a celeb based kind of situation. It's just fanfare. Everyone has to have it. And because they create things that are exclusive, I think that's what the big deal is. Because everyone's tried an Oreo before. Yeah, for sure. Um, so these, they released these cookies in a three pack that were going to cost $8 a cookie. But much like the tourists that wait in line for hours to get into this store, they go in and buy it all up to resell it. Because mm -hmm. that's, uh, so they make their money that way. So they buy it at, you know, retail price and then mark it up by 10,000. And because, you know, it's everything's kind of limited edition that comes out of Supreme, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. It, you yeah. know, and so now um, these cookies have been sold out because they went on sale February 20th. And now they're on eBay for $23,300. Okay. Now Forbes, uh, Forbes reported that one listing, one listing even got to $92,000. Now I want to know, is someone actually purchasing $92,000 cookies that are going to expire at some point? Or, and you know it's like that three-pack of Oreos. You're, it's either going to fall or you're going to put something on it, and then you're going to have a crushed right. or a cracked red Supreme Oreo. Dun, dun, dun. That what? you just wasted $100,000 on. I'm like, there's a kid somewhere that needs to go to school for this money. Seriously. Uh, honestly. People got the money for when it comes to these types of things. There's money that comes out of the air when it comes to things like this. I, d I don't know. I don't know where you find the money to spend on on a three pack of oreos but if you feel free like donating to me and chef renee blackman oh, I, will, I will provide that way for you a little later in this podcast and i think that's a great way to end food news update yeah, yeah. see that's that's crazy are you kidding me i told you i told you that there are really crazy food news headlines out there every day ridiculous right I, I feel thousand yeah i feel like you're, i feel like your your like spirits have been lifted and you're like more enlightened just because of that food <laughs> something I mean, like I, okay eight dollars for a three pack of oreo that was already like are you kidding me but twenty three thousand ninety two thousand yeah that's bananas ninety two thousand it's like that song from in the heights where they're about to win the lottery mm -mm. Uh, no no <laughs> No. Not a theater queen. Cookies, are you kidding? <laughs> They're not wrapped in gold. No. That's all I got. They're not wrapped in gold. Or they should be like gold plated or like something, right? Can I get can I get a little gold leaf on them at least? Oh my gosh! So I was in Miami and they had they had like these little nuts or whatever, like caramelized and wasabi ish. They all had gold flakes on them. Were oh, they delicious? They were fucking amazing though. I was oh. like, this is great. So you were just at the South Beach Wine and Food Festival. How was it? It was super dope. We went to uh, Taste of Jamaica, Burger Fest, all of that stuff. 
you know, it's just so interesting. But you know, something I feel is that they have too many of the same faces all the time. You know, you'll see, you know, Rachel Rain and Bobby Flay. And it's just like, all right, you guys don't have any of the chefs that somebody in the woodwork, maybe an assistant of one of theirs or something that can, you know, show us something different. That's how I feel. Something, somebody a little bit more lively, somebody a little bit like a, a little gayer, somebody a little, so hello. I, you know, I, I'm, so I was a little disappointed. You know, it costs so much money. You know, you're paying like 200 bucks for these tickets to go to these events. And it's just like, wah, 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 you know. Favorite uh, tasting out of the Wine and Food Fest? Probably had to be like the vegan uh, event that was happening on um, Saturday. You know, they had the vegan ice cream there. It was just like, it was so calm. It was different, you know, different faces. You want to see that. Food is about experiencing different things. So every food and wine festival in New York and Miami is the same fucking person. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's really really insane. I went to the one here. What was mm -hmm. it? A few months ago, and yeah. I got to go to uh, the Pitmasters uh, demo tent. The whole thing. It was really incredible. Three three bites in, we were so full. <laughs> see, that's different. That's you know that they are not part of the normal that you you're gonna see. You know, no. Every and those Pitmasters came from all over all over America. Right. That's, well, see, that's good. You know, you want to see something like that, you know, but like I said, tired of the Giada Laurentiis and the Rachel Ray and the Bobby Flay and the, it's just, all right, guys. So. Okay. Yeah. Been there, been there, done that. What would you say your like culinary inspiration is? You know, my culinary inspiration has to be my taste buds at 3am because that's when I come up with my best recipes. You know, I can think about something whimsical. I can think about something sweet and savory and just come up with something that's just, delectable and if you happen to be one of those people that are in my house at a late night you're in for like a really good meal yes i love that i love that what's your go-to meal my go-to for myself definitely have to say a nice chicken parm mm. right? you got to marinate that chicken with a nice little bits of thyme and rosemary and lemon that's my secret lemon and uh -huh. then you go ahead and bread it and do all the other good stuff but there's magic in that chicken. Oh my God, I'm gonna have to chase uh, you down at one of your events uh, to, to have some of your cooking. I'm Listen. It's in June, so you know we definitely have to keep in touch and make sure that you get into one of them. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. And um, there's some like pride cooking things that are happening. I, I, I'm, I, things are buzzing in my ear, so we definitely should chat about that. Um, folks out there, if you didn't know, um, we do have uh, culinary royalty with us because Chef Renee has been known to cook for many a celebrity. Yes, I do dabble with the, uh, the upper crowd every now and then. Uh, are, are we allowed to name drop? I mean, we could, you know, we could put a little sprinkle, a little sprinkle here and there. Yeah, um, let, let the kids have it. Okay, so I've worked with some of the cast members from The Color Purple, the actual movie. Um, in addition, I've worked with- Like Oprah? Oprah? Well, not Oprah. The young lady who played her sister. Uh-huh. Not Oprah's sister, Whoopi's sister. Okay. okay? So, um, you know, I, I try not to mention people's names too, too often. Um, I've had uh, John Singleton's daughter. I've also had Odell Beckham Jr., Kevin Durant, Chanel Iman, Sterling Shepard. You know, those are a few. Yeah. Who was your favorite? I got to say Chanel Iman has to be my favorite because she lets me do my thing the way that I want to do it. And every time she eats it, she's like, oh, my God. Chef Renee, this tastes like Nobu, this tastes like this. So you, you know, for people who've eaten so many different places, 
for them to compare your food to you know a favorite high-end restaurant that's definitely you know something that works for me yeah that that sounds great who who is the most difficult <laughs> you don't have to answer <laughs> you know i could say there was this one guy right um no something i hate is working for celebrities that have the camps and when i say the camps meaning they've got the manager the momager the disager the you know the person who's the best friend who believes that they're the manager and it's just like well you're definitely not anybody because they told me all not to listen to you uh but you know, it, it's just, you find yourself in predicaments when it comes to those types of crowds where everyone wants to make a request or suggestion. And it's like, well, wait, hold on. Where's my fucking client? Where, where is he? You know, because I can't talk to you or you yeah. or you, you sound stupid. Yeah. There are too many cooks in this kitchen and I'm the actual cook in this kitchen. <laughs> you know, that's it, you know? So, so that's the only thing. And it's happened to me twice on two different occasions. And I'm just like, I can't. It's, yeah. This is not it. Yes, yes, yes. I, I can, I can relate. I have been in those situations. This has been really, really, really fun and exciting to talk to you. And before we close out, I just want to get a taste of your chopped experience. I actually don't know because I went, I deep dove into trying to find out if you won or didn't win. So, and I couldn't find it. Um, but did you win? Because I know you made it to the end. I made it all the way to the freaking end. I just didn't get the 10 grand. Ah. No, it, 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 it can be hurtful to one's ego because everyone wants to win. But when you look back at it, I got the same amount of airtime. I got, you know, magazines coming to me and shows coming to me. And, and you know, so. And you know, this fabulous podcast coming to you. Hello. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, you have to look at everything with like a grain of salt and the pleasantries that come with it. So while I'm, you know, just like, wah, 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 then win. I'm happy I made it. Um, what was the favorite, or your favorite dish out of the three that you made? Probably has to be dessert. I have a major sweet tooth, you know. Yeah. Um, you know the it, it was pretty much similar to my uh, my uh, what do you call them? My competitor, you know. Um, but I made a really nice ice cream that had uh, you know a nice crumble to go with it. It was just. It's one of those things you got to watch, you know, season 31, episode eight, you know, it's called Hardy Party. Look for the really tall hair, Chef Renee, you know, it's, it's, you'll dig it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Congrats. Uh, yeah, I keep seeing clips here and there, uh, here and there. And usually I could find the episode, but I just didn't this time around, unfortunately. It's out there somewhere. It is. Uh, listen, everything and anything is findable these days. Right, isn't you it? Know? It's, it's <laughs> insane. It's a gift I and a curse. Yeah, I almost miss the days where we we would have to wait, like just wait till the next episode and wait till, you know, the Sound of Music came on during Thanksgiving or, you know, or the Wizard of Oz would only come on once a year and you just have to wait. No, oh, it is not that type of world. We are all entitled little brats who want yep. it now. Right? Talk about consuming, right? We are the ultimate consumers because all we want is more and more and more and more and more. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, once again, before we close out, I want to know um, if you have any advice out there for the home cook, you know, or people who are venturing out into the food world and, and just kind of want to start or be like, oh, I hate cooking. This is so laborious. Like, what are your, what are your like tips and tricks if you were to like give a few out to the audience? Uh, the first step that I want to tell you guys is follow me on Instagram, Chef Renee Blackman. Oh, we're going to get there. We're all my tips and tricks. Um, but you know, think about what you'd like to eat. 
you know, think about seasoning something up. If you can season up some chicken or some steak or something like that and throw it in the, in the fridge or freezer, you know, in, in preparation for, you know, the coming days, just to make sure you're ahead of the, you know, ahead of the game, you know, learn to use your oven. Don't be afraid to put that thing on, on hell and bake some chicken, you know, just be attentive to it. You know, you'll get the nice crispy outside or whatever, but don't be afraid to experiment with flavors and use fresh herbs. You got knives, use them. No one likes washing dishes, but use them. You know, just just experiment. Yeah, that, that, that's great. Yeah, I love a good experiment um, myself. And I, I unfortunately, just because of, you know, that busy New York life and hustle, don't get to cook as much as I, I love to these days. You know, but I'm trying to get back to it in 2020. That's my goal. 2020 is called do it for yourself year. Like literally in all aspects of life, like just do it. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't have time to cook. Most people are very surprised at that because I'm always cooking for someone else. This is why I need Mrs. Wright to come home to so she, I can have a meal ready by her. You know what I mean? Like, come on, seriously. Hello. Yeah, listen, you and me both at this point. <laughs> oh my God, it smells good. You know, then I say hi to Blue. Hey, Blue. And it's a nice, happy, you know, Brady Bunch situation where some chicken already cooked. Hello, hello. All right. Well, you and I are going to have to hit the streets together (laughs) or or something. I'm down. (laughs) I'm tired of these dating apps. This is not working for me. Uh, We we, that's a whole nother podcast between you and me. If we're going to if we're going to talk about these these godforsaken dating apps, um, I I hate them, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and now Facebook is dating, too. You can be on Facebook dating. Yes. Really? Yeah. I'm on Facebook right now. Let me see. (laughs) What do we have here? No, uh, no. You know, finding someone via social is totally not for me. You know, so I'm I'm just gonna cool out right now and and you know leave it be. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 That's I'm I'm letting them come to me these days. Yeah. You know, um, uh, I'm getting too old to to be chasing these men around. Chase me. You want me? Chase me. Yes. It's about damn time. Because <laughs> I cook, I clean, I, I hustle. I look good. Hello. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but speaking of looking good, let everybody know where they can find you. Um, if they want to hire you out for your catering services, anything, give the, give the kids all the information now because the people need to know and follow all the sexiness that is you. Ooh. All right. As long as you look up Chef Renee Blackman, you can literally find me anywhere, whether it be, you know, Google, Facebook, Insta, website that's it just chef renee blackman you'll find me awesome nice and easy and i'll definitely link her out um on the pod description and on the website uh so on and so forth speaking of the website big things are coming your way very shortly so stay tuned for that uh because i'm very excited i really want to thank you so much for taking time out of your very very busy schedule uh for little old me and my little old gay food podcast um so thank you it was a it was a big pleasure to meet you and talk to you and just hear about your journey and your stories and i'm really Really, really appreciative of that. Well, thank you so, so much for having me. I definitely had an amazing time. Good laughs. And I'd love to come back anytime you want to talk about that bad dating app situation. Oh, yeah. You are welcome anytime on this pod, honey. <laughs> anytime you have something to say, you can, you are welcome through these doors. <laughs> my, me podcast, S2 podcast, as they say in my language. No, that's called trouble, right? If you and I were to do this ongoing, that's called trouble. 
they'll definitely be tuned in for that. I'm I'm here for it. Uh, don't tempt me because I am here for it. Um, thank you once again to Chef Renee Blackman. Um, because you've been amazing. And as always, to my listeners, without you, I would be nothing. So thank you all for listening to In Yo Mouth. <laughs>